I'll read tonight from a familiar psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. What a privilege it is to be a part of this gospel. The truth, the living way, the door of eternity, this treasure we have in earthen vessels, Paul said. What a privilege to be a part of this gospel. And it's good to, to remember and uh, to be reminded that everything that we face in this life has to answer to the cross. Every burden, every trouble, every bit of confusion has to answer to what happened on Calvary. Every chain, every door has to happen, has to answer to what happened on Calvary. Jesus was manifested to destroy or to dissolve, literally. That word means the works of the devil. And he said it is finished. There is victory in the gospel. We don't want to sell Calvary short. We don't want to sell uh, the gospel short. We don't want to sell uh, what Christ did on Calvary short, what it can do in our lives. But there's another part of the gospel that belongs to us that's part of our heritage. And that is to be renewed. To be restored, literally what the original means here is to have my life restored to me in this verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And, uh, I'm sure David, as he watched over those sheep, must have watched over those long hours. He must have uh, watched those sheep. He knew what they needed. He must have uh, watched carefully. He knew exactly what it took to keep them alive. He knew what it, uh, what it took to keep them healthy. To keep them safe, he knew what it was to risk his life for the sheep. He knew what it was uh, for them to be weary and worn out and worn down, and he knew what they needed. He knew when they needed green pastures, and he knew what those green pastures looked like. He knew when they needed uh, water, and, and he knew what water that was. He knew exactly where to lead those sheep. And as I'm sure we see here, as David uh, watched his sheep, he thought about his shepherd that watched his soul. That watched over him, that knew exactly what uh, David needed. That, that knew when David needed green pastures. When David needed uh, the still waters. And David was rejoicing in that, that he had a savior, he had a shepherd who knew all about him. Who knew how to restore him, who knew how to revive him, who knew uh, how to renew him. It's wonderful in this gospel to, to be renewed from time to time. Yeah, what a blessing that is to spend some time with the Lord and come away from the presence of the Lord feeling renewed and inspired, a new vision, and uh, we get back to where we ought to be. We get back to that starting point. We get back to uh, in a right standing with God. Things are washed off a little bit. The dust is washed away. Our vision is clear. We need that, don't we? And what a blessing that is. It's part of our heritage. That's, that's nothing new. You know what that is. You know all about that. Sister Florence Crawford used to say, we should be washed by the blood of Jesus every day. Well, she got that from the Word of God. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, the outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. That doesn't happen by accident. When we spend time in prayer, we spend quality time with God, we find the Lord is willing to renew us and refresh us. In the chapter before that, Paul told the Corinthians, now the Lord is that spirit. He was talking about the spirit that would reveal the gospel to the Jews. 
And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. It won't happen without prayer, that's for sure. It won't happen without spending some quality time with the Lord. And we need it. We need it. I need it. And I thank God for it. I thank God that I can be renewed. I thank God that I can uh, step into uh, my prayer closet, wherever that happens to be, spend quality time with the Lord and have Him come down and refresh my spirit, refresh my mind, renew my objectives, renew my vision, lighten my step. Aren't you glad for that? That we have a Savior who, who lifts our burdens like that and renews our soul? We can forget just how green those pastures are. We can forget how valuable that still water is. We can forget what it's like to be refreshed by the Lord if we're not careful. That can happen gradually. Some years back, I bought an old trumpet. And I bought it initially to sell. I got a really good deal on it. It had been damaged, and I found it kind of by accident. It was back in the Midwest, and I bought it. I had actually called a, a pawn shop, and the guy that, that had it didn't know what it was. It was so beat up in the bell that he couldn't even read the writing on the bell. But he finally got the first couple of letters out, S-T-R-A, and I knew he had a box Stradivarius that I bought for $15. And when I got down there, I saw why it was $15. But I bought it anyway. And it was, it was a horn that was 40 years old. And it smelled like it had been under water. The valves didn't hardly work. It still played, but it was a mess. And I took it home and I cleaned that thing up. I spent some time on it. I took it apart. I polished it. I cleaned it inside and out. I had the dents removed and I did a lot of work to it. And by the time it was done, it played beautifully. It was probably the best playing box strad I had ever played. But I sold it to make money on it, so I sold it, and now today I, I wish I wouldn't have. It really played that well. But how, how does that happen? An instrument like that, that looks so shiny and so new, how does that happen? It happens gradually. It, a little bit of tarnish, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen with my own students. A little bit of tarnish. The valves uh, quit working so well. You get a dent, and well, now it's really not worth anything. And pretty soon your interest in practicing begins to wane. And little by little, that horn it doesn't, it doesn't have so much value in your eyes as it once did. That's how it happens. And then you're a little bit careless with it. And then you knock it over. And then you don't put it in the case anymore. I've seen it happen. And pretty soon you have a horn that really is worth $15. But it shouldn't be worth $15. That can happen to us. We have the most precious thing in all the world. And it's part of our heritage as walk, uh, in walking with God that we can be renewed and appreciate the value of the gospel and appreciate the vision that comes of being renewed. Appreciate the Spirit of God that comes into our hearts and cleanses us from ourselves. It gives us a new vision, a new zeal, a new hunger for the things of God. Haven't we ever come away from God thanking God that He visited us and, and in the back of our minds we're recognizing I forgot it was quite like that. That can happen. We're busy. It can happen. I talked to a man one time that had a trumpet mouthpiece that worked worse and worse over the years. 
And he said he took his horn in finally to get it fixed. And repairman took the mouthpiece out. And he said, see if you can look through that. And the corrosion and whatever else was going on, the buildup there over the years had reduced that mouthpiece to a little tiny hole. He couldn't hardly get any air through it. He was working so hard to make that horn work. He was working so hard to try to produce music and he couldn't do it. But he said he cleaned out that mouthpiece and he said he felt like he had a brand new horn. He'd forgotten. Playing the trumpet wasn't that difficult. That can happen. But we can be renewed. We can be refreshed. Yeah, we need it. But more than that, the world needs us to be refreshed. Proverbs says a true witness delivers souls. The world needs you and I to have something fresh from the Savior, something fresh in our hearts, the gospel that's alive in our hearts. Luke 6.45 says a good man out of the treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man brings evil things. Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. You can't bring out of your heart things that aren't there. Can we? We can't pull $10 out of our bank account if $10 isn't there. But the Lord can put good things in. We want to have good things in our heart. And the world needs us to have good things in our heart. The gospel needs to be fresh in our lives, as fresh as it really is. It means something to have something alive to give to people. Something that, that is true, it's something that really means something, where they can register how real the gospel really is. Where they register down in their souls that there's something real to this thing. And I was thinking about the miracle that Jesus performed when those 5,000 plus were listening to him. And he told his disciples, give them to eat when they needed food. There was no food. And his disciples, using logic and reason as they would, as, as anybody would, how are we going to do that? We're, we'd have to, to take a day's journey and spend so much money to try to buy it and then bring it back. It doesn't make any sense. It's not real. It's not realistic. But Jesus said that, and I think it's Luke's account. He said he did that to test them, for he knew what he would do. He knew what he was going to do. He knew he was going to take care of that. But Peter, you remember a few years later, he told Peter, feed my sheep. I'm sure Peter thought of that. Peter was going to feed the, the sheep, the, the flock of God. But in order to do that, he had to have something from heaven. He had to have something real, something alive from heaven. Peter was going to have to be refreshed in his soul. And I'm sure he thought many times about that miracle where Jesus said, give you them to eat. And they didn't have it to give. They wanted to give, but they didn't have it to give. And Jesus said, bring it to me. And he blessed it and he broke it and he gave to the disciples. He could have gave to the people himself, but he didn't. He gave to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the people. The disciples had uh, the miracle bread in their very hands. They had what Jesus had just performed to give to the people. They could have just gone to the people and said, you should see what Jesus just did. But instead, they were living witnesses. They had something that Jesus had just given them. And that's what they had to give to the people. It wasn't anything of their own idea, their own efforts, their own money. It was because they had been with Jesus, and Jesus gave them something. And now they have something. Isn't that wonderful how the gospel works? That's how we encourage one another. That's why we love testimonies, because somebody stands to their feet, and they testify about what God has done for them, and it registers. There's truth in it. There's life in it. They've been with Jesus. They've heard from the throne. There's, they're encouraged by that. And that's something that we can enjoy and be encouraged by. 
If we're not refreshed and renewed, we can resort to our own means. Jacob tried that when he was going to meet his brother Esau. He'd been living a life of deceit. You remember that account? And he was going to meet his brother Esau, who he'd been running from for many years. And he was afraid. He had plans. He sorted it all out. He had all kinds of things to be afraid of. You know, aren't you glad that the love of God washes away fear? Did you know that? Did you know you don't have to be afraid? Did you know the love of God washes away stress? Did you know the love of God can lift your burdens? Did you know the love of God can wash away confusion, suspicion, and everything else? Sure does. And he, uh, Jacob knew he had a problem. He was supposed to meet Esau, his brother, and he started planning. He started conniving for his own survival. He sent messengers on ahead. Tell Jacob, I'm wealthy now. I have a gift for you. Or tell Esau, rather. And they came back and they said, yes, he's on his way with 400 men. And Jacob was more afraid, so he got his gifts together. He, de he decided he was going to have three gifts. And he was going to hang way back. And he told his servants that, make sure there's some space between those gifts and me. He was looking out for himself, isn't he? Try to make sure that he's got a way of escape. He, he needs to know that, that he's got a back door somewhere. Can't close that off. Whether he was in the wrong or not was completely irrelevant. Jacob was worried about Jacob. And so he got his gifts together, all three of them. And that wasn't enough, so he got up in the middle of the night and put everything else over the brook. But that's when he met the angel. And that's when he had that wrestling match. That's when he came face to face with himself. And that's when he admitted who he really was. But that's when God did something for him. Because we see the next day, Jacob going over the brook. And he embraced his brother. And they wept together. And he didn't need the gift. Esau said, what, is, what does it mean, all of these things that you said? And, he, and Jacob said, those are gifts that I sent to you. Esau said, I don't need it. Take it away. I don't need it. You take all those things back with you. Jacob got a prayer through. Jacob had been in touch with God. And there was a, a union there. The love was restored between them. If he wouldn't have gotten that prayer through, he might not have had enough gifts. It wouldn't have been enough probably, but he got a prayer through. He was renewed. He was restored. He was refreshed. How wonderful that is. It's God's will for us. And it's wonderful. What a privilege that we can come into God's presence and have our soul renewed, have our vision renewed, and we can take the initiative. We can take the initiative if we really want something from God. Zechariah 10.1 10, says... If uh, in the time of the latter rain, ask for rain. In the time of the latter rain, ask for rain. And the Lord will send bright clouds to everyone. Well, we, we can uh, take the initiative and, and make an effort to get into the presence of God and allow Him to refresh us and renew us. The world needs that. We can, we can plan. We can, we can try a lot of different things. But when we really get a prayer through and we really have been with the Lord, you know that, that pays it all. That's what the world needs to see, a living witness, somebody who's been with Jesus, somebody who's refreshed in their soul and their spirit and their faith, somebody who's encouraged, who knows what God can do, who knows what prayer can do. The best thing we can do for our loved ones that need to be saved, for those uh, that we witness to, for those that we want to see coming to the gospel, is to be refreshed in our own spirit. To have something that the Lord has given us that we can present to a dying world, it won't work any other way. 
But aren't you glad that's part of our heritage, that we can be uh, renewed and we can be formed into the same image of Jesus Christ by the glory of God, by His Spirit. We can be renewed. We can be refreshed. We can be rejuvenated. We can have a new song on our lips. We can have a fresh testimony. Just time with the Lord is what it is. Allowing the Spirit of God to work in our hearts, work in our lives, work in our souls. And we thank God that's a possibility. Tonight, we can, we can come before the Lord and we can ask Him. We can take the initiative and we can present ourselves to the Lord. We can allow God to work in our hearts. We can allow uh, God to restore us, to renew us. I'm not talking about backsliding, although the Lord can take care of that too, but just refreshing from the Lord. How wonderful that is. We eat every day. We drink every day. There are certain things we do every day for our health. But we pray every day. And the Lord uh, refreshes us every day. We thank God for that. The gospel is real. It'll be real again for us tonight. Let's stand and sing 657.